0: Welcome back to the Passive Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Newstead, and today's episode is number seven, entitled, What is a Limited Partner? So, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about sponsors, and sponsors and limited partners go hand in hand because this is what makes up a passive real estate investment deal. A sponsor finds the transactions, they manage the asset. They place the financing, they do the due diligence, they handle the operations, the tax and accounting, and ultimately the decision related to selling the asset. A limited partner, on the other hand, is a partner in a company, a real estate venture, whose liability towards the debts are solely limited to the extent of their investment. And this is important as a limited partner because you don't have any liability related to a bank coming after you or any vendors coming after you, should the investment go sour? As a limited partner, you are making a determination that your investment dollars are worthy of this particular investment and that you believe in the sponsor's business plan, that you believe in the course of action that the sponsor is going to take related to the asset, you believe that the asset is going to perform, either that it's underperforming and that the sponsor can bring it up to performance, that the sponsor is going to be able to build the asset, ground up development, and then be able to lease the asset up, or that the asset is going to continue to perform on an as-is basis, or get better through rent escalations or reduction of expenses. And therefore you believe that the asset will continue to perform and that it's in a good geographic location where there's good in migration, good job growth. And there is some there there related to the economy. Therefore you believe that all the determinants that go into making a decision about whether or not to buy an asset are generally ticking the boxes on the plus side. And that this deal will be strong. And at the end of the day, if the investment goes south, a limited partner has no legal liability related to the debts of the investment. And so if you put in $25,000 and you've got back $10,000 through cash flow over that time period, you have solely lost your $15,000 and you don't have any further liability to the lenders, to the vendors, to the sponsor nothing. And that means you have very limited risk related to the investment. It's solely the amount of your investment dollars. One of the benefits of being a limited partner is that you cannot incur the debts or the obligations of the partnership in excess of the amount of the capital invested into the business. Another benefit of being a limited partner is that you have access to a number of deals that can be structured in any number of ways but they can be friends and family deals, they can be crowdfunding deals, they can be through REITs, they can be through private REITs. And so any deal where you are a passive investor and your risk is solely your investment dollars, you would be a limited partner in that. On the contrary, one of the negatives of that is that you don't have much decision-making power. You don't have much say in how the property is operated. You don't have much say in the business plan of the particular investment you don't have much risk either beyond your investment dollars and then that's a positive i still believe that there are a number of important reasons to be investing in passive real estate you still have a property it's a physical asset it's not going anywhere it's tangible it's physical you have the ability to add value properties deteriorate over time you have the ability to improve that asset you have the ability to add value to that asset in a number of ways, be it capital improvements, be it repositioning the property, better financial management, better operations, better property management. There's a whole host of ways about how to add value to your property. In many real estate investments, as a passive investor, you also get current cash flow. Most of the deals that we invest in, generally you pay a quarterly distribution on the cash flow based on the initial equity invested in the property. So for a crude example, if we're paying a 5% dividend on a million dollar initial investment, then on an annual basis, you would expect to get $50,000 to the partnership. Using that same example on a quarterly basis, that would mean that you would get 12,500 to the entity. If your investment was 100,000 on the initial million, that would mean that you would be getting 10% of all of those cash flows. So on an annual basis, you would get 5,000 and on a quarterly basis, you would get 1250 Another benefit that you get as a passive real estate investor, as a limited partner, is that you have an inflation hedge. So generally, real estate is thought to be a very good inflation hedge. And it really does depend on the type of property you have. But if you can get access to the leases, if you're in an inflationary environment like we are finding ourselves in here in 2022, you can raise the rents. To market when you have access to that lease. And so that gives you the ability to add value to the property to increase. Now, obviously, your expenses are probably going to be going up at the same time in an inflationary environment. But the goal is hopefully that over the long run, the rents outpace the expense increases. And therefore, you're adding value to your NOI, which ultimately adds value to your property. Another reason to be a limited partner is that you do get upside potential and what I mean by this is that over time, property values generally increase. There are instances where properties drop, but over the long run, there's no land being made and prices of properties have generally increased, especially in strong markets with strong properties and so that trend will likely continue. That doesn't hold true for everything, obviously, because you cannot make a blanket statement that every property increases. If you have a ghost town and nobody visits that ghost town, what can you do? That's going to be a very hard property to have increase in value because there's no there there. A sixth reason that passive real estate investors and limited partners benefit from real estate ownership is that you get tax benefits as well. So, we're not going to go into tax benefits very much, but You do get depreciation at the entity level. You do get pass-through taxation when you're in an LLC or a limited partnership, and that flows down through a K-1 to your your personal tax return. And you also have some income tax deductions because at the entity level, you could be sheltering a good chunk of your income through depreciation, interest expense, and the like. And therefore, you may be cash flow positive on the investment, but tax negative, which should help your overcall income on your personal tax filing. I wanted to also do a brief comparison between direct investments and also indirect investments. As we all know, when you invest directly, you are basically handling everything. You own the property. You are going to be either doing the property management or the operations at the property level, or you're gonna be hiring a property manager who you have do the majority of the work. You're gonna be interacting with the leasing agents, the sales brokers, you're going to be handling the financing at the property level, uh, you're going to be dealing with the courts should tenants not be paying. So what you are going to be seeing is that you're 100% responsible. You are need to be involved. You also are liable for the debt on those properties. Now generally if you have a non-recourse loan that might not solely be the case on the debt, but any of the vendors, any of the mechanics liens, anything related to the property, the buck stops with you and you are going to have to be involved. An indirect investment is really what limited partners get involved with. And so there, you're going to be investing equity as a passive real estate investor. That means that you're investing through another sponsor, or in the case of a publicly traded REIT, you're going to be trading through the the stock market, you're going to be buying shares and you'll become a shareholder of that that type of entity. But as a limited partner, you won't have much control of voting rights uh, related to the operations, the financing, or the sale of the property as you would if you invested directly. But again, you have no liability beyond what you've invested. The different indirect investments that a limited partner will typically be investing in would be friends and family equity syndications and This is really a real estate investment or real estate investment vehicle where the capital is raised from people, you know, and the managing member is generally that person, you know, it's either a friend, a colleague, an ex colleague, a friend of a friend, a family member, and they will act as the managing member or the general partner, depending on the entity structure. And they'll be known as the sponsor. They will ask their friends and family for money. And you would invest in that deal if you chose to as a limited partner. And so in a LLC, you would be called a member in a, in a limited partnership, you would be called a limited partner. An equity syndication is also really a friends and family deal, but this is a little bit broader and this can be sponsored by a real estate investment company where the sponsor raises co-investment money from a group of passive investors to acquire the property. And in this case, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone knows each other. This could be through broker-dealers. This could be through friends of friends of friends of friends. Uh, And this could be deals where you just hear about a company and you're interested in their investment vehicle, and so you co-invest with them. Another way that limited partners invest is through crowdfunding sponsors. And crowdfunding sponsors are essentially raising money from a large number of investors who invest smaller amounts of capital typically via crowdfunding platforms on the internet per the sec guidelines crowdfunding sponsors can only accept limited partners who are accredited investors which effectively means that they have a million dollar net worth exclusive of their uh, primary residence and or they make $200,000 per year individually or $300,000 per year or more with their spouse. And that's an either or. So to be an accredited investor, you either need to have that million dollar net worth exclusive of your house or you need to have uh, the the income requirement. And there's a number of ways that you can get vetted for, for those transactions and Um, The crowdfunding sites have that as part of the package because it's become more stringent over the years to make sure that the crowdfunding platforms and the crowdfunding sponsors are the ones who are in charge of validating the accreditation of their limited partners. Another way that you can invest as a limited partner indirectly is through REITs. And so a REIT is really a real estate holding company company. That are either publicly traded or they can be privately traded through broker dealers where investors purchase shares of that company and the company then acquires and manages the real estate on behalf of the shareholders REITs, especially publicly traded REITs are generally more liquid than privately traded REITs. And so depending on your goals and depending on what you are looking for, you can get oftentimes a little bit lower dividend through a publicly traded REIT. Whereas you can get a little bit higher dividend through a a privately traded REIT. And that's just an example. That's not always the case, but that is a rule of thumb that I use. And also the liquidity factor on REITs, where you are definitely more liquid uh, when you are on the publicly traded markets, especially in the U.S. Another area where a limited partner can invest is either in debt funds or through trustee syndications. And these are effectively investments that are loans secured by real estate. One of the things you may ask is, how can you invest as a passive real estate investor? And how can you take title? How can you invest with these sponsors? And the way that you do this is really any way that you want. There are so many different ways that you can take title. The structure will go through in another podcast, but the structure of an investment is effectively that you are going to be signing up as a limited member. And then you tell the sponsor how you want to hold your membership interests in the entity that they're setting up that will ultimately hold the real estate. One of the ways that you can invest is as an individual. You can say Robert Newstead as an individual is going to hold the membership interests of ABC LLC. You can hold through a revocable or irrevocable trust. So I could say the XYZ trust is going to be a limited partner in this limited partnership deal. And we will hold X percent of the deal because we've invested $100,000 against a million dollar equity raise. So we're a 10% holder. Another way that you can invest is through your personal entities, limited liability companies, limited partnerships. You can invest through in that way. And so you could have EFG LLC hold membership interest in ABC LLC, where based on your percentage, you will own a number of shares uh, or membership units, uh, or you'll own a percentage depending on how it's structured. And the same can be said for limited partnerships. And so getting back into the risk, what is your risk? Well, it's your investment dollars. And that's really where your risk ends. At the end of the day, again, I'm gonna say it till I'm blue in the face, this is your money. This is your money. Whether this is your current cash that you need to live on, whether this is for your retirement, whether this is for your company, what you need to be looking at is whether this money, whether it would change your lifestyle if you lost it all. That is one reason I'm a big believer in diversification because the likelihood Of losing at some point during real estate investing is possible I've invested in a lot of deals I have had a lot of positive transactions where I've made very good money at this point I have only really broken even on two deals and I've only lost money on one deal it's not to say in the future that a deal that I'm invested in won't go really sour but at this point, I've lost about $10,000 on a $26,000 investment. So I got about 16000 back. And that's my one loss. So that was not a great loss, but it was in my self-directed retirement account. Candidly, it was my fault. This goes back to it is my money. This is not an investment I normally would have made. It's not a group that I knew. It was not a business plan that I readily jump at in terms of investment. It was not part of my investment thesis. And if we remember from our investment thesis, this is where you define the types of properties that you're looking to invest in, the geographic locations, the return metrics that you're looking for. This investment was probably... A little too good to be true and it was structured in a way that I'm not usually comfortable with so it wasn't structured as equity it wasn't quite structured as debt it was a hybrid program I'm okay with investing in or pref equity which is what this was if I know what my collateral is if I know who my sponsors are that would be a way that I would invest in this type of vehicle again but I would not invest in a business plan that I did and in this case it was housing, and specifically housing related to fix and flips. And so it was really dependent on sponsors buying property in a given market in the Pacific Northwest, and then being able to find more product, execute on the fix and flip, and then continue going and then pay off the mezzanine loan. There was probably some misconduct by both of the sponsors. At this point, I am not certain that I will see any of that money again that's remaining. And so I come back to your risk is your capital invested. From my standpoint, it was a lesson learned. For some people, that could be catastrophic if you were investing your first $25,000, $26,000 and you didn't get back a good chunk of it. That hurts. For me, it didn't hurt me, but it could have. If I had been starting out and that happened, that would have been a rude awakening. It would have been a very bad wake-up call about how this business could be extremely challenging. So for me, I really do look at investments. I look at the sponsors. I look at track record. I look at what their capabilities are as asset managers, property managers. I look at their capability in the financing markets. I look at the deals that they've done in the past. Uh, I talk to people who may know them. And then I try and find out whether they can actually execute do they have the relationships in that market can they really execute with the leasing brokers do they have sales brokers that they know like and trust who they can work with and ultimately sell the asset at a profit again it's my cash it's your cash so you need to do the analysis you need to analyze each investment that you're seriously looking at investing in determine whether it is one that you actually want to make and if it is then you should make that investment. One of the things I do to look at that is again, I look at the financial metrics as well. I try and go through the metrics that are provided to make sure that they make sense to me, that I understand them, that I know what the sponsor is trying to do. So I look at the cash on cash returns and the expected cash on cash returns, if they're in the five to 10% range, then I think that that's acceptable. Most of the time, I'm trying to get a minimum 6% cash on cash, but if it's in the 5 to 10% range, I will look at those deals. From an IRR standpoint, I am trying to get right now somewhere around a 15 IRR, uh, and, and that's on a five-year hold period, so that I'm getting about a 1.75X equity multiple. Uh, but I will look at deals that are in the 10 to 20% IRR range. Um, I'll I'll look at deals that are higher than 20% as well. But for the most part, I'm really focused on deals that are singles, doubles, and triples. And so if I can get a few deals that end up being triples, home runs, grand slams, then that's great. But um I'm also looking, I'm very conservative, so I am looking at uh making sure that I believe the numbers. And one way to believe the numbers is having realistic return expectations. The last thing I look at is the equity multiple. And you know, expected equity multiples are currently in the range of 1.5 to 2.0 X over a five-year hold period. So if I'm in that range, I will look at a deal. And generally on a five-year hold, I really want to get 1.75 X if I can, but I will look at deals uh, in the 1.50 X range. If I believe that the sponsors are actually being extra conservative for the benefit of the entity and the investors on that note, Being a limited partner can be very exciting. It can also give you access to deals where it is not in line with the stock market. It's not in line with other investments. And so you may have a low beta compared to other market indices that you may look at. And having this diversification can provide you with not only comfort, but also cash flow, Profit and upside potential and it also gives you the chance to understand different asset types different geographies and different sponsors So I enjoy being a limited partner in addition to being a a Sponsor myself. I really spend a lot of time looking at deals from other sponsors that I can co-invest in and I look at the market all across the country I also look at deals that are all different types of assets at this point point based on my investment thesis over time, you get more and more comfortable. You get comfortable as a limited partner. You get comfortable asking the questions of the sponsors. You get comfortable looking at the numbers, but just make sure that you don't put on your rose colored glasses. Make sure you're doing some extra analysis, some extra due diligence so that you're not only relying on the sponsors data, the sponsors information, because at the end of the day, it is your money. It is your retirement, it is your financial future that you're working towards. Your sponsor is there to help you. Your sponsor is there to give you access to deals that you may not otherwise have had a chance to invest in or see. And so that is one of the real benefits of being a limited partner. You really do get access, you really do get diversification over time. And. I would highly suggest that you learn as much as you can about the assets that you're interested in investing in, the geographies you're interested in investing in, and the sponsors you're interested in investing in. Align your personal investment thesis with those sponsors that are doing those types of deals that you are looking to invest in. Until next time, let's continue growing our passive cash flow and net worth together. We are not advisors. We are not legal professionals. We are not tax professionals. The Passive Real Estate Investor podcast is purely educational. We are not offering advice because we do not know your personal situation.